This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, February 10th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning, I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Making the case for WOTUS. USDA finalizing climate contracts and states press OSHA on heat regs. Regan defends WOTUS rule as legally sound. EPA Administrator Michael Regan is pushing back on criticism of the Biden administration's new Waters of the U.S. rule. In an interview with AgriPulse, Regan says the rule will protect wetlands and other features left vulnerable under the Trump administration's previous rule while preserving long-standing exemptions for normal farming practices. Speaking from Kansas, where he was visiting a farm and announcing a local school district's receipt of electric buses, Regan said he disagreed completely with witnesses at a House hearing this week who said the rule expanded EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers' authority. It may be an expansion of what the Trump administration had in place, but the Trump administration's rule did nothing to preserve some of the precious Pocosins and wetlands in my home state of North Carolina. Pocosins are a type of wetland. I will contend that the rule that we have put forward is a very durable rule, very legally sound, he said. Now, take note, Regan didn't directly answer when asked whether he had consulted with agency lawyers about whether to delay the effective date of the rule until the Supreme Court issues its Sackett decision. We completed the rule so that the Supreme Court would be able to reference an updated rule that is more reflective of the pragmatism for how we can protect clean water, but also provide the ag industry with the flexibilities they need to help us with our food, our fuel, and fiber for this country. We'll wait patiently to see how the court rules, and we will govern ourselves accordingly, Reagan said. USDA set to announce first climate smart contracts. The Department of Agriculture is close to finalizing the first contracts that will be funded under the $3 billion Partnerships for Climate Smart Commodities initiative, according to Robert Bonney, USDA Undersecretary for Farm Production and Conservation. Bonney was on Capitol Hill yesterday testifying before the Senate Ag Committee. Bonnie says USDA has had to address issues related to environmental reviews and the frequency of USDA reimbursement for project costs. During the hearing, Bonnie told Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa he had no plans to use USDA's Commodity Credit Corporation authority to expand the Climate Smart Commodities Initiative or to fund any other new programs. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, the third largest dairy co-op in the country. Edge is a powerful advocate of Washington for farmers throughout the upper Midwest. Among Edge's top priorities is milk pricing reform. Over its long history, the federal order system has aimed to serve farmers by ensuring the orderly marketing of fluid milk. But changing production and consumption patterns are rendering the system ineffective. Edge envisions changes that create flexibility, promote fairness, and strengthen the relationship between farmers and processors. Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Some equity proposals may need farm bill action. 
Deputy Agriculture Secretary Jill Bronow says she expects USDA's Equity Commission to finalize a set of recommendations to the department in short order. The panel approved nearly three dozen recommendations last week addressing the diversity of county committees and other issues. Some of the proposals, quote, we need to respond to immediately, Brodow told AgriPulse newsmakers. Others will require congressional action and perhaps farm bill actions. This week's Newsmaker Show will be available at AgriPulse.com. House Ag adds four Democrats. The House Agriculture Committee has finalized its full slate of 24 Democratic members after four received the necessary waivers to join the panel. The newest members who have all served on the committee previously are Representative Salud Carbajal of California, Angie Craig of Minnesota, Shelley Pingree of Maine, and Darren Soto of Florida. All four needed waivers from the Democratic Steering and Policy Committee to get on ag while staying on other committees. Delegate uh, Stacy Plaskett of the Virgin Islands is leaving the ag committee. By the way, Representative Angie Craig was the victim of an attack at her D.C. apartment yesterday. She was bruised but is otherwise okay, according to her staff. States seek heat protections for workers. Seven states, representing nearly one-third of the U.S. population, are asking the Occupational Safety and Health Administration to issue an emergency heat standard by May 1 to protect farm workers and other laborers. Extreme workplace heat poses a grave danger to the health and safety of tens of millions of outdoor and indoor workers in our states and across the nation. The attorneys general of New York, California, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania said in their petition. Acute kidney injuries resulting from heat strain and dehydration have been documented in agriculture workers in the United States, including California and Florida, the petition said. Keep in mind, OSHA began the process of considering whether to issue proposed heat standard over a year ago. Public Citizen petitioned for an emergency standard last year, but the agency has not responded. Senators suspect clothing firm of ties to slave labor. A bipartisan trio of senators is warning that clothing in the Chinese company Xi'an sells in the U.S. may be made with cotton produced from slave labor. Considering Xi'an's large decentralized network of suppliers, we are concerned that cotton fibers harvested in Xinjiang with forced labor may have entered Xi'an's supply chains, Senators Bill Cassidy of Louisiana and Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, along with Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, say in a letter to the company CEO in Singapore. The Trump administration banned import of cotton products from two major Chinese producers that are accused of using forced labor in Uyghur Muslims. Xi'an, which calls itself an e-commerce retailer that serves 150 countries, says on its website, quote, We are a signatory to the United Nations Global Compact and support the ten principles focused on human rights, labor, environment, and anti-corruption. Hurricane Ian ag losses estimated at $1 billion. 
University of Florida economists estimate Hurricane Ian caused $1.03 billion in damage to Florida agriculture, though some of that may have been offset by insurance. The state's citrus industry saw losses of approximately $247 million, the most of any sector. Vegetables and melons followed with around $205 million in damage. Krista Court, who helped oversee the study, says she doesn't know how much of the damage was covered by insurance. Well, here's today's She Said It. This is about making change. We cannot stop now. That Deputy Secretary Jill Bronow speaking on AgriPulse Newsmakers about the future of USDA's Equity Commission. And here's a correction. Yesterday's daybreak mischaracterized the Organic Trade Association's policy on modifying the Organic Foods Production Act. The group wants Congress to require the organic standards to be reviewed and updated regularly. Well... That's Daybreak for this Friday, February 10th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.